What's up, everybody? Welcome into the Brick House segment here at House Call Sports. I'm here with Joe. I'm here with Nick. And my name is Victor Wembenyama. And today we're talking about the Spurs winning the number one overall pick in the draft yet again for the entire episode. Three hours worth of Spurs discussion because that's what the people want to see. And I guess a little bit of NBA playoffs, I guess. If we have to, we'll recap the Celtics Sixers game seven briefly. And then we'll dive deep into these Western Conference and Eastern Conference series. But first... I want to give you a shout out to one of our sponsors, and that is StubHub. No matter the event, StubHub has the tickets for you. StubHub Sports Concert and Theater tickets as low as $6. Dog, go watch the NBA playoffs while you still can. What are you waiting for? These series have been crazy. So hit the link in the description to go get your tickets at StubHub today. And today, we're going to start today's episode, obviously, with me being a nice guy and talking about the rest of the panel's teams. So we will start with the conclusion to the conference semifinals, and that featured a battle of the panel in Game 7. Unfortunately, Josh isn't here, but we got Sixers and Celtics in the Garden, and it was a great game until the third quarter, and then Jason Tatum happened. 51 points, breaking the Game 7 record that Steph Curry broke just two weeks earlier, and the Nick and the Sixers, excuse me, had a nine-minute spin in the third quarter where they scored a grand total of three points, and Harden and Embiid were so terrible that Doc got fired, and now Harden looks to potentially being headed, being headed out of Philly. So... Nick, I'm going to go to you first, man. What were your Game 7 thoughts about this uh, Boston and Philadelphia series? Game 7 thoughts? I mean, I I kind of predicted pr- predicted the outcome of it when I said Jalen Brown or Tatum, if we have a good game from either one of them, it wasn't going to be a close game. So we finally got that game, that breakout game from Tatum, you know, the most dominant uh, Game 7 performance in NBA history. And uh, it kind of... It, I think it's going to be the uh, the knockout punch for the Harden and, and B duo. So uh, it, it was definitely the knockout punch for for the old uh, ex Celtics coach. Um, feel bad for Doc Rivers, but he's never really performed that well uh, besides that 08 Celtics team. So that team has carried him kind of everywhere in his career. So uh, it's, it's going to be interesting to see where he goes next. But for Harden and Embiid, I mean. Everybody, everybody seems to uh, not put put uh, put the uh, pressure on Embiid for not performing in the in the playoffs, and it just seems like where where else is the where else does the blame fall? I mean, this guy hasn't got out of the second round in his entire career, um, and and then Harden, he had he, he's had the same uh, same same issues. So when when he uh, game seven is his worst performance in his entire career and i think this one's gonna have a lasting effect so it's gonna be interesting to see what happens but if i'm a if i'm a contender uh for next year i don't even i don't even want harden on on my on the phoenix suns team i wouldn't want him anywhere near uh a contending team that that would be one of my teams just because i just don't think he's gonna be a playoff uh, he's not a playoff performer so it's gonna be interesting yeah, uh, we, me and Josh had a little disagreement in the chat uh, the other day about, you know, if James Harden was on Phoenix, if that would change anything. And I was firmly on the side of, why would you go get James Harden if you're Phoenix? Like, you just did, didn't you just do this, like, in Brooklyn? Like, didn't you just see what happened? Uh, uh, but I digress. Uh, Joe, I'm going to go to you, man. Um, what were your thoughts on this Game 7? Obviously, your Celtics pulling out the win. And then, uh, just yeah, just give me your thoughts. I mean, it was a hell of a game. It, it, this was a hell of a series in general. I enjoyed watching the entire series. Uh, the 76ers and Celtics series are always amazing. I, I, it's just the way it is, all right? And I know that the Sixers have been on the the 
losing side of that series for a hot minute, but it is always an entertaining series. I think Joel Embiid, um, you know, the, the, the Celtics have always had his number. They've always figured out how to beat him. And I think that his problem is, is that no matter how well they play or where they end up, they always see the Celtics in the second round. And no matter what they do, I mean, the Celtics have the length, they have the size, and they're one of the few teams that match up against Philly really, really well. It's just been one of those problems where there's just not enough around him to do that. And that's why they keep fishing for these guys. That's why, you know, they got James Harden. But truthfully, I think that the funniest thing is uh, is every time I see a, a Jimmy Butler stat right now, is Jimmy Butler walking off the court and goes, Tobias Harris over me? Mm-hmm. And I think Jimmy Butler yep. on that team would have absolutely solved all of Embiid's oh, problems because the guy can take over a game and take some of that weight off Embiid regardless. We've seen it in this series so far, which we're going to talk about later. But yeah, 76ers have a problem with team building. It is, it is, they call it the process, but the process started, you know, eight years ago and it's never showed anything besides a second round exit or a first round exit. It's mm-hmm. just where they've been. And it doesn't seem to be changing. I think Doc Rivers was a little bit of a scapegoat, but at the same time, we've seen this story before. Like Nick said, the guy kind of, his only successful time was when he had three veterans with a like mind. They all had the same goal. They were all in the twilight of their career. We want to win a ring. They came together. They got the job done. That is what happens when you have leaders on a team. Doc Rivers is a good coach. However, his ability to adapt on the fly and change things up is ultimately what lost him this job. Don't get me wrong. I think the Sixers played better overall in the series than the Celtics did outside of the third quarter with Jason Tatum. There was not a lot of times where I thought the Celtics probably should have won that series. I mean, I, we're kind of seeing it now, right now. That's the Celtics team I saw most of the 76ers series that we, we're going to talk about here in a minute. And Doc Rivers' inability to adjust is what lost him that job. These coaches that are that we're talking about, you know, losing their jobs recently, have failed to do what the Eric Spolsters do in adjustments. Eric Spolstra will see a thing going wrong, a 10-0 run or something like that, and he calls a timeout. And he goes, hey, we're switching up our entire defensive mentality, but you guys have to do your job. Here's what we're going to do. And you saw it. They were running a man. They went to zone. They've done this all year. The, the Heat have done this all year. They've been suffered through injury. They've suffered through all this stuff. Eric Spolstra's coaching has got them where they're at. Doc Rivers lacks the ability to change the script at a moment's notice. And that's what lost him this job. Ultimately, I don't think Embiid is to blame for most of this. The guy is the MVP, for God's sake. And he was the MVP pretty much on this panel unanimously. Now, his playoff performance in in Game 7 was lackluster. I mean, James Harden and him combined for 23 points. That's not going to get it done. That being said, he was hobbled with an injury from the Brooklyn series. He was dealing with a lot of stuff there. I think that he was fatigued. He's The guy played tons of minutes. There was a lot on Embiid, even with Harden in the lineup. Uh, Maxie's a good building piece, but it's just one of those things, man, that I don't want to put too much blame on him. But this is also why I feel like there needs to be a regular season award and a postseason award because we are going to talk about Jokic later and the guy Mm -hmm. is absolutely dominating. So it was a great series. I love every time the 76ers and Celtics meet up, man. That is two just storied franchises with cutthroat fan bases who absolutely love their sports teams and I am all for it. And I'm sure we're going to see it again next year. So yeah, um, uh, I, be, before it, we before we move on, Victor, um, <laughs> can can you just explain to me? So Embiid was MVP, but had the I think it was like minus ten points per game in the NBA playoffs. The worst by the worst differential points per game differential by an MVP in NBA history. Uh, how can we not put a more of the blame on the the supposed no not the supposedly the the MVP uh-huh. uh, of the team and the league 
I mean, don't look, look, don't look at a, me. I'm putting blame he's on. Dealing with, he's, he's dealing with a knee sprain. All right. He's a big man. And I'm yeah. going to be honest with you. A knee sprain in general is going to suck. If you're carrying around 260, yeah. 270 fucking pounds and you're seven foot two in a, in a sport where you have to jump and run and change direction at a moment's notice, like he's hobbled. He, he's a, he's got to step down. All right. That's what I'm saying here. I'm not saying, I'm not going to sit here and say Embiid's blameless, but there's a lot of other people that should have stepped up. There's like, you look at it on other, a, a team that makes a team great is that your stars are going to have bad nights. They're going to get hobbled. They're going to be injured. Someone has to take that off of them. In game one, it was Harden. Harden came out, absolutely showed out in game one. We never saw that James Harden again. The Celtics adapted. They said, okay, we're not going to let him. He did have one more, one more. I mean, one. They played seven games. Two of them, he showed up. He won them two of the seven games, though. That was it, though. I mean, yeah, I'll give you that. He won two. He won three games. What do you mean? Embiid won them zero. But that's it. That's it. Your stars don't show up. Someone else has to show up. Tyrese Maxey, I think, was more of a vital part of those games that Harden won them than anyone wants to give him credit for. Tyrese Maxey was a dog in this series. Do not tell me he he wasn't hitting clutch shots, critical points in time for swings, everything like that. Great defensive play. He won them them the third game. Maxi was an absolute animal, all right? Mm -hmm. Everyone else on this roster was no-shows. They were no-shows. You can't win that way. Like I said, we're going to talk about it in a minute with the the Heat and the Celtics series. You can't win a series that way, all right? Mm -hmm. Embiid was hurt. Harden is streaky. We have all known that's the Harden that you see every playoffs two three games yeah, he shows up and you hope to god someone else shows up on the team because if they don't you're going home and he's always been on teams where he's one of the highest paid players and there's not enough money to put anyone else around him and I, I'm, I'm telling you i i tyrese maxi good stuff Embiid, get him healthy i think he's still probably the number one number two center in the league still probably going to be an mvp candidate next year had a bad had a bad series because I believe he was more injured than he let on. I think that knee sprain that he suffered in Brooklyn was a lot worse than we want to even give him credit for. So I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say he's blameless, but to put it all on Embiid just because he won an MVP, like I I have a hard time doing that. The guy's injured. You have players on that team who have the won only- MVPs, who have done things before, have won scoring titles, and they literally could not help him out. So the only reason I, I I would say you know we're gonna put some blame more blame on Embiid is because if if this were Giannis if this were LeBron if this were Kobe mm-hmm. if this were any other top NBA performer superstar anywhere else in the around the league there would be criticizing him headlines all over him like wow why like why is he not doing this this is is this considered a failure as a season is this this no but because it's Embiid, uh, we've been we've been sticking to oh trust the process. No, the I process. The, the the process has been what seven eight years, and we yeah. haven't got out in the second yeah. round. And they're a decade now. Yeah. <clears throat> and like I yeah, said, it's, I, it's I think the... some of that is Dog Rivers' fault. That's why he's not there. There was clear adjustments to be made, clear defensive and offensive adjustments to be made, and they weren't done. And it's ultimately why Doc Rivers isn't there. It's ultimately why we're having this discussion. You can put the right people on the floor, but if you don't put them in the right spots as a coach, if you don't make the adjustments you need to match up to the team you're going up against. Yeah. Yeah. 
It's going to be, it, listen, it was, it was, listen, game seven was ugly. And unfortunately, I'm the, I'm the same as Nick. Like I uh, I said on last week last week's app, game six was Philly's chance. And then when Tatum took over down the stretch of game six, the series was over. Like I said, game seven, we saw a game that was close into the third quarter. Then Philly got punched in the mouth and simply quit. They quit on Doc Second Rivers. time in a row. And they quit in game six, time, too. Yeah. They, they they quit too, and you know Celtics at one point went on a thirty three to five run, and you know everyone was raining threes. Tatum was obviously special. He can look like the best player in the world at times. He's not that, but at his best, he can certainly look like that. I'll talk about who I think is the best player in the world a little bit later. But like I mentioned, Philly got punched in the mouth, and and they just quit. And and listen, Embiid even with the injury to his knee, okay, he was awful. Okay, he was getting locked up by Al Horford, who's 38 years old. Okay, and Al Horford's a, a really, really good basketball player, 38 years old. Joel Embiid with a knee injury should not be getting locked up by Al Horford. I'm sorry, he just should not be getting locked up by Al Horford. And listen, then he blamed his teammates after the game, saying it just can't be him and James. Dog, at what point in that game was it just you and James? The only thing you and James were doing in that game was throwing up more bricks than it took to build the Rocky Steps in Philadelphia. That's the only thing y'all two were doing in that game. By the way, I also, earlier in the year, okay, you talked about it a little bit. Both of you talked about it a little bit as far as the MVP goes. I was wrong earlier in the year, okay? And, and you know, I, I ended up flip-flopping my pick to Jokic over Embiid. And I should not have backed off my Jokic over Embiid MVP take, because guess what? Jokic is better and more valuable. I had Embiid over him in my top 10 as well. No more. Jokic is better than Embiid. I res- Josh made me apologize to Philadelphia because I had Jokic over Embiid. I rescind my apology yeah. to Philadelphia. Rescinded I am rescinding, official rescinding my apology to Philadelphia. Embiid got that MVP because he and all the Philly fans like Josh cried so damn much about it that the voters finally gave in, when in reality, he was never the MVP. It was always Jokic. Okay, so I rescind my apology to Philadelphia. And as far as James Harden goes, okay, he should go somewhere like like Houston, which has been rumored, where there's no expectations and he can be loved. And that's that's where he's best. That's where he fits. Okay, if your team has championship aspirations, stay far away from James Harden. It won't work. He doesn't like to play second fiddle. Second fiddle. He doesn't like to sacrifice. He doesn't ever come through when he really needs to. And listen, like we we talked about, he won him two games in this series. He did a great job and. I think it was game one and game four or five. He, he did great in, in, in two of the games of the series, and he won him two of the games of the series. But the problem is, when it really comes time for him to actually win the series, he doesn't show up. His biggest games are his worst games. That's the opposite of what you want on your team. And like I said, we had an argument in the chat about whether or not Harden should go to Phoenix and that's the dumbest shit I've ever heard from both sides. Like, Harden, didn't you just do this in Brooklyn? Like, you were with KD and another great one-on-one player in Kyrie. Now you want to go back to KD, swap Kyrie for Booker, and just change locations from Brooklyn to Phoenix? It's so dumb. Like, he literally asked for a trade last time that happened. And from the Suns' perspective, as far as that goes, y'all do not need more star power. KD and Book have plenty of that. You need depth, defense, toughness, leadership. Harden provides none of that, and your stars don't provide they any of that. They sent it all to Brooklyn, either. bro. <laughs> they sent it all to Brooklyn. And listen, Josh, obviously Josh isn't here. I'm just going off on Josh. Josh just keep it going, here. bro. Like, like, he'll see like, it. Josh, Josh has been talking about how Booker is a good leader. Booker's such a great leader and leads by example. Then why does he skip the post-game interview and his exit interview after getting blown out in the elimination game for the second straight year, then subtweeted his former coach, Monty Williams saying 36 ain't bothered. You know, that's a that's a child to me. He's still and listen, he's still got time to grow up, but he's not close to being a leader right now. And Katie's damn sure for not not a leader right now either. So Harden should not go to Phoenix. 
he should go to somewhere like Houston where there's absolutely no expectations and he can just go chill out and, you know, hoop and go to the club, go, go to strip club, throw some ones and, you know, drink some beer, do what he's got to do. Because he does not want to do throwing ones, bro. That's the cheapest damn superstar I've ever seen in my hey, life. A boy better hey. be throwing hundreds in there. <laughs> I, bet he, I bet he not. I bet he not. He's trying not. to save that money. But with that... You know, we're going to start talking about what the people really came here to see because no one gives a fuck about the NBA playoffs. They came here to talk about who's going to dominate the NBA playoffs for the next two decades, and that is the San Antonio Spurs because they just won the 2023 NBA Draft Lottery, getting the number one overall pick where they will select seven foot five phenom Victor Weminyama. Yes, that's me. I'm Victor Weminyama, who the people have said is one of the greatest prospects in the history of any sport. And he will become the third generational big man to be taken number one overall by the Spurs. In 87, it was David Robinson. In 1997, it was Tim Duncan. And then 2023, it will be Victor Wembenyama. So, Joe, what are your expectations for Wemby on the Spurs? How does this team look? Can he become the player that everyone thinks he can be? I definitely think he can. He's got the size. I mean, for a lanky guy his size, he moves significantly better. I mean, the closest comparison we've seen is Taco Fall, who's got the length and, and everything like that. But Taco Fall is significantly slower, significantly less less, less athletic, stiff in his, in his legs, comparison to Victor. I think Victor's got the ability. He's going to put on some size. He's going to, you know, get a little extra meat on them bones that he's got right now. Um, but, you know, it's going to come down to who they put around him. No one has ever really carried a full team without – some some bench players to anything of, of of relevance. I mean, you LeBron. think about you know Jordan didn't have anything until he got Pippen and Rodman. LeBron didn't have anything until he got in 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 Miami, and you know because we we pretty much throw his Cleveland years out because he was the only thing they had. And he got there once, but he was quickly dealt with. And you know, so I, I'm just saying, like by the Spurs. <laughs> Victor, yeah, by the Spurs. Victor needs right. some help around him. He's got a great coach. He went to the best situation he could have went to. Pop is probably the best coach next to the golden God of the Bulls and the Lakers uh, that I've ever seen. All right. So don't get me wrong. I think Greg Popovich is probably the best coach for Victor. He knows how to handle these big men. He knows how to set them up for success. He's done it his entire career. The Spurs have gotten so much when it comes to getting the number one overall pick to getting these guys that are actually going to dominate, Victor's going to dominate. This guy's got the athleticism. He's got the shot making ability. He's got the, the, the post game. He's a complete product coming into a league that needs something like this. I think that his biggest problem is going to be dealing with people who are a little heavier down on the block. You know, the Robert Williams is the Joel Embiid's, you know, these kind of bigger centers. I, I think that he might, his best thing might be to go to the four instead of the five. As tall as he is, the the four has a little bit more of some people that he can match up against with in weight comparison than the five does. I don't see him as a five. I think at right now he just doesn't have. I don't think he's got the weight. I think he's he, to be banging down in there with those guys in the in the paint like that. A four spot gives him the ability to match up on the wing. He's gonna be faster. He's gonna have more length. He's gonna be more athletic than those guys a little bit there. Most of the fours in the league. That's where I see him matching up. But I do want to give one shout out, and this is to the poor. Poor Charlotte Hornets, who always seem to get the number two pick when a generational talent <laughs> is coming out, and they always miss on them. I saw I saw a graphic. It was like five or six generational players, and they were the number two pick every Shaq, single AD, Dwight, time. yeah, yeah. Like all these centers, all these these big men come out, and they missed on every single one of them. So, Charlotte Hornets fans, I am so sorry that you don't get to have the joy and excitement. 
that the Spurs fans and Victor Webanyama and Matt are having right now. But that being said, Spurs fans, you have something to be proud about, something to be happy about. You dumped tons of players. You dumped tons of salary cap. You got some extra picks. It is going to be the Victor show, and you're going to put exactly what you put around David Robinson, exactly what you put about, put around uh, Duncan and all these guys like David. The Admiral, all these guys had role players around them that were perfect for them. Do not think that the Spurs are going to pick guys who match up to support Victor Webanyama perfectly because Greg's going to make sure it happens. Papa Greg's got you, boys, all right? He's going to happen, Spurs Nation. I'm I, I'm popping bottles for you too. I, I love it when the Spurs are doing well. The Spurs are one of the best, fr- one of the most storied franchises who did it the right way. That was Facts. that was a non-super team constructed top to bottom the way it needed to be constructed. And there's a team right now in the NBA who's done it the same way. And we're going to get into it later. But Spurs Spurs Nation, congratulations! Victor Webanyama is a motherfucking spur, baby. <laughs> yes, sir. You already know, man. Listen. I mean, I agree with everything you said. I'm not going to – I will wait. I, I'll, again, I'll be a great, great teammate here with the three of us. I will wait to say exactly how I feel, but I think y'all know how I feel. Nick, tell me why this is going to be the greatest thing that's ever happened. Tell me why Wimby's the GOAT. Tell me, Just tell me everything good about Wimby, man. Uh, so, you know, I I love uh, I loved the, the results from the draft lottery. So, first – if if Victor Wembanyama wasn't going to go to uh, the Charlotte Hornets, who I predicted actually, um, that was that was the one of the predictions I had. What I think a month or two ago, at least he can stay in the Western Conference and be away from the Celtics. So that's 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 really nice. Um, but starting from the starting from the number three pick, I mean. The Portland Trailblazers got the three pick, and I'm really excited to yep. see what they're going to do if they're going to package that number three pick in uh, with a deal with a player to go for a superstar. Uh, maybe they do that to keep Dame, or you know, maybe they just restart and ship Dame off uh, and just start collecting those draft picks. And then it's it's I'm really excited to see uh, Scoot Henderson with with Lamelo if the Hornets decide to go that route. I think that will be a great pairing with them. An absolute unit. By the way. Dude's great. Yeah. <laughs> they'll they'll have like two they'll have two guards out there that can control the floor, start the offense, and create their own shot. So I think that'll be great for the Hornets. Uh, and then they'll just have to build around that. And then obviously, what everyone wants to talk about is uh, Victor Wembanyama. I think uh, he's I think he's going to be a generational talent. And the 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 hype will be a little bit too big for the first few years. I don't think the Spurs are going to come out and be top four, top five in the West. I think that they do, they're, they're going to need to give him some time to, to adjust. And, and that's not going to say that he's not going to be great or he won't be dominant, but to come into the NBA as a number one pick and then just lead your team to success in year one, that's even, even for LeBron, uh, that was like pretty unheard of. So I don't expect Victor to come in and just completely dominate. I think he needs to come in, show his show his talent, and just put in the grind to get to to get probably like forty to fifty more pounds of muscle on him, and then that's when we'll see the real growth spurt. And I think that will be year three to five is where we'll see see him really really grow and become one of the uh, top five, top ten best players in the NBA. 
that Giannis transformation is what we're waiting to see, Matt. That, yep. that Gian, when Giannis came in, he was he was thin. He didn't have a lot of muscle on him. And then they were like, hey, we're going to put you in a pro-style workout regimen. That guy came out looking like he had just glued foam to his so, arms and his legs, bro. He was, the yeah. the only thing I'm worried about is, I mean, I we saw him in the in the world uh, in the in the world competition FIBA classic, or and he was up against what Kenneth Kenneth Lofton and Ke Kenneth Lofton Jr. is still not in the NBA. He still get doesn't really get minutes, but he was bodying Victor in the post. And if guys twenty eight, Victor had eight blocks. Man, what do you, come on? He had eight not, blocks. Not on, not on Kenneth. He had, he had a couple on Kenneth. But the way that Kenneth was it, just to be able to back him down, he literally backed him down easily. And that's the thing. That's the only thing I'm worried about. So if he gains those pounds, gains that muscle, he'll do just fine. Yeah, well, yeah, he's definitely gonna have to gain muscle. But bro, Kenneth Lofton's like three hundred pounds at like six, like he's gonna back anybody down. Like it's not just Wemby; he's gonna back anybody down. Um, but first of all, okay, first of all, I'll start with a couple of the other takeaways I had from the draft. The, the Pistons getting the number five pick sucks for Detroit. Like they, <laughs> oh, like bro. they, like they having the worst record in basketball. You know, having your star hurt the entire year and Cade Cunningham, and then getting the fifth overall pick. That sucks. Like, that's why you don't. That's why you don't tank. Because sometimes about that, it bro. doesn't the, fall your way. The Detroit Pistons have had the worst draft lottery <laughs> luck Man. of any franchise. I, someone did a graphic, did, did a video on this. Not, I can't remember who it was. They were like, they have like overall like a net, like from where they finished record wise to where they ended up picking is like negative twenty eight overall positions total. They have removed. They've moved back. They have gone negative from where they finished the season to where they're picking at the last five times or six times they've been in the draft lottery. Detroit is absolutely the worst luck of any franchise when it comes in the draft Man. lottery. And it's absolutely atrocious, but Matt, please continue. I know you have some great things to talk about. And I'm I do, I do have, some, I have some wonderful things I want to talk about. Another <laughs> thing I wanted to talk about is something that Nick brought up real quick was that, you know, Scoot going number two overall to, to Charlotte. I think it's a real chance that Brandon Miller out of Alabama goes number over number two overall to Charlotte, just because I know people love uh, love his game and love kind of the, the, you know, even though he had that incident in Alabama, I think people have been interviewing him and really love his makeup and his character. So I think there's a possibility that he could go number two overall uh, and then Scoot and then Scoot Henderson goes to uh, goes number three overall to um, to Portland, maybe. Um, but li listen, OK, let, let me talk about what everybody wants to talk about. OK, first of all, I told you so. Okay. I told you it was going to happen. Okay. Everybody laughed at me. Everybody thought I was a homer, but I told y'all. I told y'all Victor Wembanyama was going to be on the Spurs. Okay. Second of all, as far as the team goes, okay, we are super young. You look down our roster from last year, 12 of our players are under the age of 25 and most of them are under the age of 23. Okay. So the, 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 the team is super, super young. I've seen some things where, you know, we could use all the cap space we have and flip some of our draft picks for an available star and try to contend right away. I honestly don't want to do that right away. I think the first year, I want to see how these young guys mesh. We've got some really solid young players. For those of you who haven't been paying attention to the Spurs, you wouldn't know guys like Trey Jones and Devin Vassell and Keldon Johnson and Jeremy Sohan because they're going to compliment Wendy. Uh, Vassell and Johnson, Vassell especially is a really good 3 and D guy. Johnson's a really good, um, He can he's scored about 20 a game for us last year. He's a big body, kind of a slasher. Trey Jones, really, really smart decision-making point guard. So they're going to compliment Wemby very, very well. And then we have some other very, very young guys like Malachi Branham, Blake Wesley, Dominic Barlow that are probably still a couple years away from contributing, I believe. But I think they could, they, they, they've shown some flashes last year, and I think they could really be something when this team comes time for this, when it really comes time for this team to compete, I should say. So... 
The first year, I really just want to see Wemby stay healthy and show his potential, okay? We're going to take some of our lumps, okay? So I only see us winning, you know, 60 or 65 games, you know, getting the number one seed in the West. You know, first round, maybe it's like five games. Second round, maybe it goes like six. Conference finals, maybe like six, finals, seven. So it'll be a tough ring the first year, okay? But, you know, we'll start winning 75 games a year, sweeping through these guys in the playoffs, you know, all that stuff. But honestly, the first year, like I said, all I want to see is, you know, see these young guys play together. Okay, so Wemby, show your potential and stay healthy. Then in the following years, that's when you can make some more title-like moves. Okay, the first year, the Spurs first year with David Robinson, they went 56 and 26. The Spurs first year with Tim Duncan, they went 56 and 26 as well. So I don't think we'll win that many games. I just don't, okay? But people have already forgot the Spurs over a 30-season span from 1989-90 all the way through 2018-19, won 47 or more games, 29 out of 30 seasons. They won 47 or more games, 29 out of 30 seasons. That is ridiculous. The only time they didn't was the year Robinson was hurt and they got the number one overall pick to get Tim Duncan. So then when they got Tim Duncan, it was 20 straight years of 50 plus wins. This is one of the greatest franchises in sports. They know how to build a consistent winner. So I have no doubt that if Wemby is what he's supposed to be, this team will be contenders in the coming years. But for now, I'm satisfied with having one of the greatest prospects ever on my team in approximately 33 days is when Victor Wembanyama is officially going to be a San Antonio Spur. Jersey's already on order. Oh, Jersey's <laughs> already on order. I don't even care what number it is. It could be the wrong number. I'm going to order it anyway. Victor Wembanyama. It's me. Look at me. San Antonio Spurs. You already know. You're, I, I told everybody it was going to happen. The Spurs are back, baby, and back and better than ever. And the oh, NBA is in trouble. Trust me, the NBA is in trouble. You guys are all in trouble because we coming, baby. We are coming. San Antonio, what up? Spurs Nation, you already know, man. But speaking of the greatest prospects ever, the man who was the greatest prospect ever before Wemby is a man by the name of LeBron James. But his Lakers team is in trouble in the Western Conference Finals versus the Nuggets. They are down 2-0. Denver is up 2-0 after winning two close games in the altitude in Denver. Game one was high scoring, 132-126 game where Jokic dominated 31 points, 21 boards, 14 assists on 71% shooting. AD had 40 and 10 in the loss. And then game two was a little bit lower scoring, but the Nuggets pulled it out thanks to another 23-17 and 12 game by Jokic. But Jamal Murray, man, 23 points in the last 10 minutes of the fourth quarter, more than the Lakers' entire team in that span, having 37, 10, and 5 for the game. And for the Lakers, LeBron has looked off. He's made some crucial errors down the stretch. And the Nuggets, all-time, are 6-0 and when being two, when being up 2-0 in a series. All NBA teams, however, are 6-56 and when down 2-0 in the conference finals. But two of those teams to come back from down 2-0 in the conference finals were LeBron in 07 versus the Pistons and LeBron in 2018 versus the Celtics. So, Joe, I'm going to go to you first on this one, man. What are your takeaways from this series? Can the Lakers come back? Do the Nuggets sweep? What do you think happens the rest of this series? So, the Lakers are going to take, I think the Lakers are at least going to win one of the next two games. I I actually foresee this going back to Denver tied up. I think this is a seven-game series regardless. I think I picked the Lakers in Mm -hmm. seven. Uh, Jokic is playing out of his mind. He's showing everyone why he should have won the MVP. That's what's happening right now. And even when he's like not like, doing everything he possibly can to help this team win you have other guys on that team that can show up you named one of them murray is one of those guys and the the thing is is that the denver nuggets play a very good style of basketball that matches up to the lakers very well this is a very very good matchup for both these teams i think that they compete 
very equally across the board in a lot of positions and enough star power to, to offset the star power in other positions is pretty much even across the board. That's what a conference finals is supposed to be. That's what we wanted to see here. And that's what we got. I think that LeBron, his battery is a little drained. I think that he's a little tired. He's had to do a lot this season to help them get to where they're at. I think AD needs to be the, the focal point of this offense. I think he's the one who's going to have to really step up. I, but, but Hashimura, bro. Let's talk about, we were talking about him as a trade and nice. that was, he has shown up as probably the best piece they could get for this playoff run because let's be real, that guy has been an absolute spark plug coming off the bench for them and just doing the things he's been doing, scoring defensively on the boards, everything like that. Hachimura is absolutely freaking killing it right now, but they're going to yeah. need more help. They need D'Lo to do his thing. They need these guys to step up and actually show up and do what they're supposed to do. And, you know, it's, I just don't know if those guys can handle that type of pressure, handle that type of, of, of sort of thing going on for them right now, because that's kind of why they weren't where, you know, in places that really were doing this before every place that they've gone, where they were supposed to be that guy, they've kind of been shipped off somewhere else because they didn't show, they didn't have that dog in them. You know, they didn't have that, right. that guy, that, that, that stuff that gets you over the hump in the fourth quarter and puts your team up for a win. And I think Denver's got those guys. I think that, you know, the Lakers have them too, but you're talking about two guys that are in their mid-30s trying to do it and not two guys, you know, that are still pretty much in their prime doing everything they possibly can. I mean, Jokic, he's not he's no spring chicken, but the guy, you know, plays a style of basketball that allows him to, yeah. to leverage, you know, his, his, his skill set significantly well. And let's be real, that three-pointer he hit, like wow. fade away, step back, over the top, deep, freaking you know off to the side not straight on three-pointer and all he hits is the bottom of the net that's not a, a center oh, shouldn't do that mm. there's like like that is that is the prototypical kind of thing right now where you're looking at that and you're going how in the hell does he have that ability absolutely crazy you want to talk about a dog that dude's got a couple of dogs in him and they all fighting to get him to a finals right now it is absolutely no. insane. But yeah, this series is absolutely everything I thought it would be. I, I thought Denver would take the first two in Denver. I think the Lakers get the next two in LA. I think the series is going to go seven. It is absolutely entertaining. I think LeBron's going to have something for him in LA. I think that LA crowd's going to be absolutely crazy because that is, I mean, next to Beantown, bro, that's title town. Mm-hmm. That, that, is, that is as much title town in the NBA as it is as, as Boston is. Yeah, I was going to say, I think they're tied right now, they right? They both got 17. Yeah, so, so, yeah, just definitely just as much title town as far as basketball goes. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm, I'm pretty much with you on everything you said, Joe. This, I think this series is still going seven. This is a, a very, very competitive series that I can't wait to see how it how it turns out. Nick, what do you think about this series, man? What are your takeaways? You know, are the, are the, are the Nuggets going to end up pulling this out or are the Lakers going to come back? Uh, I mean, the Nuggets, I mean, with the way the Nuggets are playing, I, I could see them definitely winning the series, but I still think it's going to go between go six or seven either way. Mm -hmm. Uh, so I just don't think LeBron James is going to go out this way. So he, he has Mm -hmm. to turn it up because if he does go out like this, you know, shooting what 0% from three, uh, the, 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 the critics are going to be all over him. So he, he's he's gonna he's gonna get in his bag and he's gonna put on some LeBron s performances that uh will have will be reminiscent of his heat days and uh they'll 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 go back to Houston or I mean Denver just like Joe said uh tied up 2-2 in my opinion um it's just the, the all the Lakers have to do you you're not gonna really stop Jokic Jokic is so dominant he's gonna get his rebounds he's gonna get his assists He's going to get his crafty points 
you know, uh, almost every game the way he does. But the way the Lakers are going to win, you have to stop Jamal Murray. You can't let yeah. Jamal Murray shoot 53% from the field, 46% from three, and over oh. 90% from the free throw line. Uh, I, he's basically having a 50-40-90 performance in the uh, Western Conference Finals. And if you have that type of performance, it's going to be hard to beat. So the the key for the Lakers is obviously to stop stop Jamal Murray. Uh, and obviously LeBron has to has to hit some threes and uh, not be not be such a liability from beyond beyond the arc. Because I mean, if if LeBron's going what over ten, over eleven from in the last two games, it's yeah. it's de- it's bad. And then you you need that consistent that consistent performance from Anthony Davis. I mean, he puts up 40 and 10 one game, but then what did he do in game two? Let me just check. Four for quick. 15. Four for four, 15 from the field. Four for 15. So yeah. when you're when you're getting the, the Anthony Davis that's a top five performer, and then the Anthony Davis that's the bottom five performer, <laughs> that's... Just, you just those types of swings aren't going to be helpful, and and it's just not going to lead to success for the Lakers. So uh, they just need to change some things up. They have the pieces, they have the depth, they have everything they need to do to to compete in the series. So it's going to be, uh, I mean, it's going to be a, an exciting series to watch as long as they as long as they make the the correct adjustments. Yeah, I agree with the both of you. Uh, to, Nick, to your point about AD, like AD, you don't have any excuses for going four for 15 against the Nuggets. They don't have anybody who can stop you. You know, he still had 18 and 14 and, you know, he had a, you know, he has his blocks and he has his steals. He's always dominant on the defensive end, you know, and even though he's dominant, he's not going to be on the defensive end. He's not going to be able to stop Jokic, but you got to do better than eight for four or four for 15, bro. Like you just got to be able to, to do better than that. Nobody over on that side can stop you. You know, you got to be able to do better than that. But first of all, okay. I had the Nuggets in seven. I had it before the series. I had it three goddamn months ago, people. I had it three months ago, okay, when the Lakers were the 13th seed. Again, I had Nuggets in seven. So I'm not changing. It's Nuggets in seven. I still think this, I still think the Lakers team is going to make this a series. But in my opinion, the Nuggets had the better team. Jokic is the best player on the floor. And Joe, you were talking about Jokic is a dog. Jamal Murray is a dog. He's one of the most slept on players in the history of the NBA. Like this dude is a bona fide playoff performer. He is a killer. He don't care what nobody has to say. And the only thing that I really don't like about this team is Mike Malone whining after games. Like, oh, nobody talks about us. The media only cares about the Lakers, not Jokic. Bro, who fucking cares, dude? You're winning. Like, you make it to the finals, guess what, my guy? They're going to talk about you. Yeah. What, you talk what, about a team that's are... not there, man. <laughs> well, yeah, for real. And what you think, people are just going to stop talking about LeBron now? Like, you you think all these sports shows are just going to drop every LeBron talk, topic that they have, the man who's been the main topic, their main topic for the last 20 years to talk about y'all? Stop it. I mean, what he said was correct. Like, the media is obviously talking about the Lakers more. But obviously, bro, duh. They're the arguably the biggest market in the league. The, the biggest market left in the playoffs, and they have arguably the most historic franchise with arguably the greatest player of all time who is also the most polarizing and talked about player of all time. And you're mad they're not talking about Aaron Gordon and Christian Brown? Shut up, dog. Just shut up. Keep winning the games and quit worrying about that dumb shit. Him saying that almost made me want to go for the Lakers, but I still think this series goes seven. The Lakers are a great team. They will respond. They'll win both games in LA, like both you guys mentioned. LeBron's going to bounce back. He always does. He's Listen, he gets criticized for everything that he does all the time, but he always bounces back. And I think he's going to do that. But in my opinion, the Nuggets are too good. They're too deep. 
I think they're still going to end up winning this series, but it's going to be a great series. It's going to go, you know, seven games like like both these guys mentioned. It's going to be a long series, but Denver's too good. They're going to win this series. Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic, man, the mo- easily the most underrated duo in basketball because those two guys are absolute killers. But this leads us to our final topic of the day, and we were arguing about it before the show even started. Okay, this leads us to the Heat versus Nick and Joe's Celtics in the Eastern Conference Finals, where the eight-seeded Miami Heat have won each of the first two games in the Garden to take a 2-0 lead. Game one, we saw playoff Jimmy drop 35, and the Heat had a massive 46-point third quarter that was the difference in the game. In game two, we saw Grant Williams poke the bear in the fourth while the Celtics were up nine, and the Heat roared back, going on a 24-9 run to finish the game and go back up two games to zero, going back home to Miami where the Heat have yet to lose this point postseason. And I also want to point out, okay, when we were making our playoff and play-in predictions, okay, most of us thought this was going to be the first-round matchup, okay? We thought, a lot of us thought this was going to be the first-round matchup because we thought Miami was going to beat Atlanta to, to, to get the eight seed to go into the play-in. I think Nick was the only one that had Atlanta winning in that eight seed play-in. But I also want to bring up in that same episode that we were talking about our playoff predictions, Joe brought up that the Heat in round one was like facing Golden State or the Warriors in round one. And Nick was like, nah, that's, that's a wild comparison. Like, you can't compare Miami to the Golden State, you know, Golden State and the Lakers. And, you know, Miami doesn't compare to those teams. And that has been proven wrong because Miami compares very well to those teams. And listen, we've all been proven wrong because we all had Miami losing to, to Milwaukee in round one, even after Giannis got hurt. And some, some people had him in a sweep. I had him in five. So we've all been wrong on the Miami Heat so far because this team is just playoff proven dogs, absolute dogs in the playoffs. So Nick, I'm going to go to you first, man. Is Miami going to finish this off? Can they sweep the Celtics or can the Celtics get back in this series? No. So the the Heat have been playing tremendous. I mean, you, you got to tip your, tip your uh, hat off to them. Jimmy Butler has been one of the best uh, per- performances in the NBA p- playoffs so far. And then the coaching, their coaching, I mean, he just puts them in that in the right spot to maximize every guy's uh potential. So they're doing great. I just it's it's about time though. Usually what happens in NBA games is talent does win out in a long period of time in the series. So I do expect this uh to go six or go six or seven. The Celtics should uh should perform better if i mean if jalen brown continues to shoot 30 percent from the field then obviously we're not gonna win and we can't win so if he's shooting under 30 percent as he is he's shooting 14 percent from three he's turned the ball over eight times already in, in two games that's not gonna lead to to any wins so when the only guy who's performing on the celtics is is jason tatum it's gonna be pretty hard for the celtics to do anything and I don't know why Joe gives me that look, but because <laughs> it's a four-quarter game. This ain't fucking uh, hockey. You gotta do it for four quarters. Okay, so Tatum That's has thirty-four why. points, thirteen rebounds, and six, eight ain't assists. Enough. So for three quarters, don't you know? Shouldn't play him in the fucking fourth because the guy's so taking guess, three shots in two games in the fourth. So quarter. you're a superstar, my guy. Okay, so you're a superstar. I understand that, but three shots. Okay. Two games, three shots in the fourth quarter. You're telling 30... me that's a superstar. That's a fucking bench player taking shots in the fourth quarter. That's what that is. He had the most points, rebounds, assists on the Celtics. For three quarters. I don't give a shit. 
No, you were, you were, this is not a three-quarter game. That's, that's, if this is not... three quarters, yeah, he's the best player in the fucking series. But guess what? It's a four-quarter game. Yeah, and so guess what? Jimmy okay, Wax Struess, Caleb Martin. I understand. You know I understand. I understand the, the frustration, and the Celtics are playing bad. But if you expect Tatum or any one player in the NBA to score 50, 60 points any Kobe, given game, Jordan, like every single one. Those are the guys he idolizes. Those are the guys he's been after Kobe, his whole career. Yeah. That's a, he says, Kobe, show me, I'm one of the show greatest me, players in the show, fucking nation. Show he me wore a, a shirt. Game two says humbly to mock yeah, that shit that then, he said. And, and then, then the very the next game. Where he and, didn't do a goddamn thing. And then the very next game after he said, I'm humbly one of the greatest players ever, he put on the best performance in NBA history. This is so like, what have you done for me lately, so like, bro? All he's done for me lately is not so doing Joe, a damn thing. It's, it's, pretty, it's, it's wild to me that Celtic fans or any, any, any NBA fans are pointing the finger at Jason Tatum. When you look at the, look at the rest of the team, Al Horford, one for five, two points, zero for three from three. Jalen Brown, one for seven from three, seven for 23 on the game, not even 20 points. He's supposed to be a two-way player, zero steals, zero blocks, minus 24, the worst plus and uh, worst plus plus minus in the entire game. The only guy, the only two guys who showed any urgency and everyone wants to point the finger at him is Grant Williams. He actually brought playoff intensity. I don't mind him toss tracking. That's playoff intensity. He actually wants to win the game. If the whole Celtics team showed that urgency and that intensity, we would have probably played better. But if you have a guy who's supposedly, not supposedly, he is an all NBA second team player in Jalen Brown, you you can't not score 20 points. You can't shoot 30% from the field. You can't shoot 14% from three and then blame the other superstar who's scoring 34 points, 13 rebounds and eight assists and saying he's not doing enough. That's just that's just out of your mind. And then the Celtics are are, are turning the ball over. So like they it's, always do. It's been the story of last year. It was the story of the year yeah, before that. This is this is Celtics fast. This yeah, so <laughs> This is this is the thing. If they just res- if they limit their turnovers, and it's not it's not just Jalen Brown. It's Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, and Jason Tatum. They all have the ball, and they all just have this thing where they're just gonna lazily pass it. And guess who's there waiting for that easy pass? It's just Jimmy Butler, just like, oh, thanks for passing me the ball. And uh, when we're we we've turned it over, I think over 15, 16 times in each game. When you do that as a, the Celtics, it's just not it's not going to lead to wins. The Celtics do have the deeper team. They do have the better star duos. But if one duo doesn't show up and the rest of the team doesn't show up, I don't know what you expect of Tatum. The Celtics are are a great team. It's the coach. Joe Mazzula has done a terrible job, in my opinion, in this series. He's not calling timeouts. He's He played Grant Williams zero minutes in game one then decided to play him all the minutes in game two and including clutch time minutes, which is crazy that you, that's a drastic switch in in two games like that. And uh, we're not, our guards who are supposed to be, you know, one of our stronger points in our, in our team with Brogdon, White, Smart are, are kind of just no shows. So, 
the series is, isn't going to go far if, if, if they keep playing like this, but the Celtic team has shown a lot of resiliency and uh, they, they do, they, they do have the depth. So it's going to be interesting. We're going to go back to Miami and we, ha we have to win game three and it had to, it has to be Jalen Brown. If, if Jalen Brown continues to play like it is, then Celtics don't deserve to win. I, well, I'm, I'm loving that, man. I, I'm just loving this whole thing. The, everybody watching, Celtics fans are crumbling right now. You got two of them who are just freaking out. This is awesome, man. I'm, I'm sitting back loving it. I don't, I don't even want to intervene. I just want you two to just keep going. So, Joe, I'm going to go to you, man. You Give me your takeaways from this series. Can the Celtics come back? Are they going to get swept? Is Miami going to sweep them? What's going to happen the rest of this series? We were three minutes into the first. I believe the score was 11-2. to two. Heat were up nine. On an 11-2 run to open the game, I look over at my wife as I pop open my first beer of the night because it's about to be a long <laughs> fucking night. And I go, we're about to lose this fucking series. And I start drinking because that's the only way I can fucking handle this shit. Joe Mazzula has been outcoached by Eric Spolstra. Duh. Brogdon, <laughs> sixth man of the year, has been outplayed by Caleb Martin. Mm. The hustle player of the year, Marcus Smart, has been outplayed by Gabe Vincent. Mm. Uh, Derek White, all defensive team, second team, has been outplayed by Max Struess. Mm. And Jimmy Butler is absolutely the guy you thought he was. And Victor and Bam Adebayo is making Jalen Brown look like he doesn't even belong to be the first guy off the bench. That's how this looks to me right now. And you want to say you can't blame Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum is the star of this team. He is the unquestioned, should be the unquestioned leader of this team. And that's not who he is. He's not that guy. Marcus Smart's the unquestioned leader of the team. You cannot dis dissuade that. He is. Who is always in the huddle yelling at people, trying to get them focused? It's Al Horford and Marcus Smart. It's never Jason Tatum. It's never yeah, Jalen Yeah, I Brown. don't think they Tatum the needs the to... And they don't do that shit. That's what he Tatum needs to do. Tatum doesn't need a lead by like that. Tatum leads by grabbing totally the boards, does, leading the offense. Because they didn't do a single moment like that at any point in these two games. Not a single moment did Marcus Smart or Al Horford do shit. So when Tatum, like that. That so when Tatum dropped fifty-one in that game seven, was he in the huddle telling people what to do? No, no, he but was Al out there before, before that. Like, was in their it, shit. It's so flip-floppy. It's Al like Al Horford no. was in their shit before that, bro. He's the one who amped him up. You cannot even no, tell me that Al Horford didn't do that. You know, every other superstar in the league, every other person we want to put in the MVP conversation, they elevate their team when the rest of the team isn't doing well. When the team is in a crunch situation, who do you see show up for the Heat? Jimmy Butler. Who do you see show up for the Lakers? LeBron James. Who do you see show up for the Denver Nuggets? Jokic. Who do you see LeBron show up for James, all LeBron other James teams? has been showing up for the Lakers. I, Every, I don't okay, so you're going to call two I mean, games. He does more often than not. More often so, than not, he shows up. Okay? So what I'm but let, let's you let's put it out there. You as no. a superstar in that conversation have three shots. This is across this is all minutes. this is coaching problems. So let's let's go back to it. You just said Jimmy he Butler shows up in the fourth. He turns it over. No, no, no. Let me go. Let me let me give, let me give my point. So Jimmy Butler does turn the ball over too much. Yeah, he, he the turns fourth. the ball. Okay, so let me just give you my point. So Jimmy Butler doesn't get doubled. That's a coaching decision. We allow him to go one on one. Okay, what does he do? He beats us because we allowed him to go one on one. Okay, so what do the Heat do? Coaching decision. They double and triple Tatum every possession. What do you want him to do? Force up a bad shot or give the ball to a wide open teammate who's actually really Make good. Make a good pass. 
He yeah. More so, often than not, he, he does not make a good pass. More he tries often to than not, contact and he more often than not, he's, he's looking for fouls. He's, he's led the the Celtics in assists and rebounds and points throughout the entire playoffs. This NBA season, he led the points in all the NBA last playoffs. He against, led the points in the playoffs. This playoffs, he's led the points in NBA. And when it matters most, well. he's nowhere to be found. I don't understand. He leads the points in playoffs. He wasn't anywhere playoffs. to be found in the in the final series last year in the fourth quarter in crunch time. He wasn't anywhere to be found in game one in the crunch time. He wasn't anywhere. To be- He's got more turnovers in the fourth quarter through two games than he has shots. That and tells you everything the, you need to know. That's a coaching problem. How is that a coaching problem? That is a, hey, I'm getting doubled. We need a spark. I'm going to force it. That's that problem. That's up here. That's not on the bench. No, because that that the coach should see that literally what he's running is not working, and every if it happens every they single put him time, they pick and roll, and it worked every time. And then Tatum started using the high pick and roll. No, they got out of they got out of no 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 they got out of the high pick and roll. Yeah, because oh then this God. double started. I, I watched the game, dude. They, dude, I watched the game. Okay, they did so Tatum you said literally dribble the double, dr- kick the ball. Marcus Smart said, "Oh, here you go, buddy. Try again. Hit it again. The same okay. fucking thing." So you're talking He's about the same one. Guy. Okay, so you're talking about one possession in the fourth quarter at the very end where he he, it was, he dribbled the ball and, the and then they ended up getting mind. the That's ball. What he's doing. And then he had the two free throws that came out of it. Is that what you're talking about? The two, the two free. He got he got three free throws out of it. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Okay. So yeah. so, so I'm gonna he, tell you right that, now, it's all fun and games if he can shoot some free throws. I don't even care. But the problem is, is that he's not taking enough shots for it to matter. And, if I, your team and I'm sucks saying as a superstar, it is your responsibility to find a way to win. And all he's found a way to do is turn the ball over, force bad shots, and be a non-factor. I would say, I would say it's the opposite. He's actually shoot. He shot over. He shot fifty percent last game. Look at the fourth the quarter, o- bro. I don't give a shit. One through three. The only the only guy on the Celtics to do that besides Robert Williams. Do you know his fourth quarter shooting uh, percentages? And then everybody else on the in the starting lineup. Do you want to? You want me to add this up for the starting lineup, and then we can blame them. I don't care. Three a, for, you're three looking at it. You're, you're telling me all the reasons Tatum should be taking more shots in the fourth quarter, and he's not. His team's not doing it. If you get game. doubled he's and tripled, doing. you you hit the open man. Even LeBron James does that. And the here's the player of watch, all time. Go back and watch the fourth that. Go back and watch the fourth quarter. Tatum does not pass that ball. How many assists did he have in the fourth quarter? No one I'm curious. If they hit, if they don't make shots, you can't get an assist, dude. The assists work. You're like, triple team. Someone is open. Exactly. Okay. But if the Jaylen guy Brown if, made better Jalen Brown, one for seven. Al Horford, one for five. If team, if your players don't hit shots, you don't get assists. You know That's... what I loved about like Kobe Bryant, Jordan, LeBron, all these guys who were superstars, top lane, who never said, besides LeBron, humbly, I'm one of the best players in the world. No, Is LeBron that when their team was shit? Their team was LeBron sucking. said, this one made me the greatest of all time. Yeah, he and... said, besides LeBron. He said, I besides, said besides LeBron. LeBron. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Open your mm-hmm. ears, bud. Okay. <laughs> I said, they never said that. And when their team was struggling, they showed up in the biggest moments. But you knew that you knew going into the fourth quarter, you were up eight, you were up nine, or whatever you were up going into the fourth quarter. Everyone on that bench knows they're struggling, but they're trying to play solid defense, which they did play. They played solid defense unless it was Jimmy Butler one-on-one on the right side, which you cannot allow. I agree. That is a coaching problem. Yeah. But, but, 
you know they're all struggling to shoot. Yet, when they come down the court, Jason Tatum goes into ISO ball, no one moves. No one brings him a screen, nothing. Coaching, sure. Jason Tatum sees that as well as Coach Missoula does. Someone needs to say something. Someone, something needs to happen. And if Coach Missoula's not going to do it, it falls on the next guy, which is the superstar. That's Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum cannot be shoot 0% from the field in the third quarter. Jason Tatum cannot have three shot attempts in the fourth quarter through two games. Jason Tatum cannot have more turnovers than he has shot attempts in the third quarter or in the fourth quarter. Yeah, no, and I Jason agree. Tatum but... has to be the reason they win, not the yeah. reason that they lose. And that is what's happening right now. When you come in, he's dominating, right? In the third I wouldn't quarter. I wouldn't and agree that he's Shaq, the reason why they're losing. Look, watch watch the watch I'm the intermission. Much. Shaq goes, he has to show up in the fourth quarter. Everyone else, he has to show up in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Every the entire like the entire basketball yeah. world says Jason Tatum has to be a factor in the fourth quarter. Yeah. And he wasn't again. That's my problem. Is that you are the number one guy on your team, and, you and what I'm saying, and what I'm saying, yeah, you, you do have, field. yeah, you do have to show up, yeah. What then? So the coach needs to figure out how to get his players in a better position for them all to succeed. If it if it's happening multiple times, where in the fourth quarter we're going in iso ball and the same things happening on the court, but that's, that's been their thing. That's that, a was, that was before Missoula showed that's up. What I, that's, that's before Missoula showed problem. up. So here's the thing. Is it the coach isn't calling the plays up the court. Jason Tatum is. And every time he came up the court, he went like this. You know what that means? Keep to the wings. I'm going to the hole. But the, but the Heat I don't saw. care because they're in a 3-2 zone. So they yeah, just collapse well, and he's the, got nowhere to shoot I'm the ball. All, all I'm saying that is. That is Jason Tatum saying, hey, I'm going to dominate. And then. So, if, so you can't sit if, there and tell me it's a coach. If, it was yeah, there what I'm saying, what I'm saying, if our starters shoot less than thirty percent from the field and less than ten percent from the three, it's not Jason Tatum's fault. I don't care if what what you're saying. If Al Horford shoots one for so seven, we're blaming B for having a shit game, but we're we're gonna blame everyone else for Tatum not showing up in the fourth. No, quarter. no, no. And okay. Beach shot five okay. for eighteen. If Tatum yeah. shot five for eighteen. I would say that's a different story, dude. Tatum had the most points in the entire game. So you're gonna play four quarters. I'm gonna read you. I'm gonna read you both in. Unfortunately, I would love for this to keep going because I love seeing Celtics fans arguing amongst one another. I got one more thing to say. For the love of God, if this series goes back to TD Garden, and I say if because it's a big fucking if right now. Miami is not a place you just go down and roll through two games and win as a road team. Mm. It does not happen. That place is going to be electric. If this game goes back to TD Garden, burn some fucking sage in that place. Remove whatever hex is on that building. Because after I saw the Bruins do what they fucking did there, and now what I'm seeing happening to the Celtics in that building, we either need to burn some sage or just burn that fucker to the ground and play somewhere else. Because that place has got a hex, a curse, some witchcraft, voodoo doctor bullshit on that building, and it needs to be removed. And whoever put that on there, you suck, bro, because you're hurting my soul. Because I've never seen this. I'll end it on this. If... The, the only way the Celtics are going to win if Jalen Brown shows up. You keep blaming Tatum, but literally Jalen Brown... I would rather had... Tatum not have a single shot in the no, first no. quarter so and have every single thing he does in the first quarter. In the okay, That's so the I last thing... I was just trying to say the last thing I want to say. So the last thing is, if Jalen Brown shoots three more shots the entire game than Tatum does, but has 18 less points, Tatum ain't the uh-huh. issue. 
And I'm yeah, sorry. It, listen, listen, I, I see it from both from both sides. Uh, I, I, you, you both make some good points. Obviously, Nick, what you're talking about, the rest of the team has been awful. They've, they've been bad. And Tatum's still putting up his numbers. Um, and like you said, Coach Missoula obviously is getting, I mean, the most predictable, you know, out, getting out coached by Eric Spolster in the history of basketball. That's like, you know, oh, oh, Shaq scored 50 on like some random, you know, backup big man. Like, yeah, obviously he's going to do that, you know. So, um, but yeah, I, I see what Joe's saying too. Tatum, you got to be better in the fourth. Like we hold all superstars to that standard. You got to step it up when it comes time to get it done in the fourth quarter. Talk and he simply hasn't it, so far. Talk about and he simply about has it. not so far. So I see where both you guys are coming from. Obviously, Tatum has been really, really good through three quarters, and then you know, through the, in the fourth quarter, he kind of disappears. So he, it's 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 a lot of things for the Celtics right now. It's not just one thing. Tatum's got to be better in the fourth. Obviously, like you said, Nick's you know, obviously, like you said, Nick, the, the rest of the starting lineup's got to be better, and Joe Mazzulla's got to you know figure out how to coach basketball at some point because he is he's he looks he. I'll, I'll talk about it in a little bit, but he he looks lost out there. Um, but first of all, I had the Celtics in seven to start the series and. Even more than the Sixers series, I was rooting for this to be wrong because of how much I love Jimmy Butler. He's been my, the, my favorite player in the NBA for like the last five years. And thank God I'm going to be wrong because he got this. I mean, I'm not going to count Boston completely out because we've seen what they can do with their backs against the wall. And I don't think, but I just don't think they can overcome this. And like we were talking about, the coaching disparity is clear. Spolstra is dominating Missoula. It was to be expected. But like I said, you can see it with Missoula during the games. He looks lost. And even after the games in the post-game press conferences, he seems like he has little to no answers. It's like the, oh, we just got to make shots, you know, type answers. It's like, nah, bro, there's bigger problems than that. You know, you got to scheme up, scheme up ways to get your guys better shots. And listen, you guys talked a lot about the Celtics, okay? It was all Celtics talk and there was no heat talk, okay? Nobody talked about the heat, okay? I want to talk about the heat. Because the Heat's depth <laughs> has been extremely underrated. Okay, guys like Struess and Robinson making contributes, making contributions and spacing the floor. Guys like Caleb Martin, Martin, like you said, Nick, yeah. having 26 points off the bench in game two was huge. Gabe Vincent starting Crazy. playing 40 minutes, hitting the biggest shot of the game with 30 seconds left. Plus, you've got Jimmy Butler averaging 11 points per game in the first quarter in these playoffs, which is the most in the last 25 years. So you know he's going to start off hot. And he's such a great closer that you know he's going to finish hot. But that's what this series has come down to. And I've been thinking about this for a minute. Okay? You can call me prisoner of the moment. You can call me whatever you want. Jimmy Butler is currently the best player in the, on the planet. He's currently the best basketball player on the planet. Let me put it to you like this. I won't even use numbers unless someone challenges me. I have numbers too. Okay, I have numbers. Trust me, I got numbers. Okay, But if you've got to pick one player in today's NBA for the entire playoffs, and I'm going playoffs because regular season has so little importance now. There, um, there's 10 teams that make the play-in. There's eight teams that make the playoffs, okay? All the best players in the league can get their teams at least to the play-in all most of the time to the playoffs, okay? And we are seeing that seeding does not matter, okay? So it does not matter. I don't care about regular season stats for this because Jimmy B coasting through the regular season, not putting up huge numbers just to get ready for the playoffs. But for the entire playoffs, you can pick one player. You have no idea who else is on the team, and your task is to win an NBA championship. Who do you pick right now? LeBron. If you think about it. Oh, and, and the player in their prime or like right now? Right, right now. Jimmy Butler. Who do you pick? I am Jimmy picking Butler. Jimmy Butler. And it might even be since like 2020-ish when Jimmy got them to that bubble finals. Like I'm taking Jimmy. You Like you said, like you said, Nick, if we're talking all time, I'll pick LeBron. You LeBron, can't say yeah, LeBron yeah, anymore yeah. The, the way he's been. Okay, Giannis yeah, no, lost no. to this dude with a better roster. Okay, KD ain't it outside of Golden State. Curry maybe, but he don't play the defense as, as well as Jimmy Butler does. And B can't even get to a conference finals. Tatum and Luca or Tata, Tata and AD, like we've been saying, are inconsistent. Okay, Luca just missed the playoffs. 
Okay. There's two answers to this question right now. And two of Jokic. these guys haven't even won titles. It's, it's Jimmy or Jimmy. it's Jokic. It's Jokic or it's Jimmy right now. Okay. And Jokic has put up huge numbers, but he's needed Jamal Murray down the stretch of these games to help put teams away. Plus Joker still ain't great defensively. Jimmy is elite defensively. And obviously Jimmy's had help putting, you know, putting some of these teams away as well, but he's been the one putting most of these teams away down the stretch. You saw it in the Milwaukee series. You saw it in the Knicks series. You're seeing it in this series right now. Jimmy Butler is making a legitimate argument as the best player on the planet. And if you really want to talk about numbers, we can talk about numbers. Okay. He goes from 23, 6, 5, and 1.8 steals in the regular season, which is a really good all-star caliber player, to 31, 7, and 6, and 2.3 steals in the playoffs. And also this year, to my point Jesus. earlier about, you know, he he steps his game up in the playoffs, right? So in the yeah, regular Jimmy's season, a different he took, man. <laughs> he, he, he's different, okay? So in the in the regular season, he takes 13.9 shots per game in the regular season, okay? That was while playing 64 games this season. That's the 62nd most shots per game in the league in the regular season, okay? Behind guys like Franz Wagner and Gary Trent Jr., okay? So he's just chilling in the regular season, okay? Getting his teammates involved, scoring when necessary, seeing what his team's got. And then when the postseason comes, now he's taking 21 shots per game, which is ninth in the playoffs, while maintaining a similar efficiency to when he was only taking 14 shots per game. So his regular season efficiency, he was 54% from the field, 35% from three, 85% from the line. His postseason efficiency, he's 52% from three or 52% from the field, 37% from three, 80% from the line. So he's basically the same from the field and the and the line, and he's slightly better from three. So he just turns it up in the playoffs. He is a different breed. He is the best player on the planet right now if you want to win a championship he hasn't even won a championship before and if you want to win a championship you go to jimmy butler because this guy right now he's on a different level he's the best player on the planet what you guys think man i mean to be fair i give all the credit to eric spolstra pat riley and annie ellisberg for seeing jimmy butler for what he was yeah because there are so many teams you think about the timberwolves and how they were like he made it clear to them that he was the guy and they didn't want it they said, "No, you're not. We got, we got Cat. Cat's our guy. You're, you're, you're helping Cat." And he's like, "Uh, the fuck I am." And he went out there and absolutely dominated them. They did. They like the story. The story is incredible. He takes, he dominates them in his warm up, talking shit to the president, the team owner, the GM, the head coach the entire time with the third team. Dominates the ones. Takes off his jersey or takes off his warm-ups to head back to the locker room. And the Timberwolves is cut out and all he sees is chest, bro. All right. And then he just dips. Dips and they see him on ESPN. And he's talking about how he just toasted these fools. And they ain't want to pay him. Then he goes to Philly. And Philly, Philly's like, nah, man, uh, you just don't really fit with our thing. You don't fit with our process. And beats the guy. You're not the guy. And he's like, well, who are you going to get over me? And they're like, oh, Tobias Harris. And then out now every after every game is like Tobias Harris over me, dude. And now he's at like playoff. Jimmy is probably my favorite basketball player right now. And if, it, oh, if yeah. he played for any team besides the Miami Heat, I would have a, a Jimmy Butler jersey in my damn in my damn closet right now. But a self-respecting Celtics fan cannot allow that to happen. As much no. as I want it to happen, Jimmy Butler is playing the best basketball we have seen in a hot minute, and no one recognizes it. No one recognizes it. This man gets gets hardly any look. He gets hardly any 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 time until it's playoff time. Because then there's just no way you can hide the kind of basketball player he is. And he does. He saves every bit that he possibly can in the playoffs. And they're not a regular eight seed. 
They're not. This is not a regular eight seed you're looking at here, okay? They had injuries in the regular season. You know, they had a lot of things going on in that franchise in the regular season, and they they limped into the playoffs in the play-in. They get beat by Atlanta, which we all thought they were done, and then they're down big to the Bulls heading into the fourth, and they come back and win that game. Then they go into Milwaukee, beat Milwaukee. Then they go up against the Knicks, sweep the Knicks, and now they're play, looking at possibly sweeping the Celtics, who at one point in time was the best team in the NBA. And, they're, and, and the Celtics have no reason to not be the best team. They have all the talent. Right. Everyone's healthy. And the Heat are just rolling through them. So Jimmy Butler, that organization, and the way it's built. When I said the Spurs did it the right way, and there was a team we were going to talk about later, this is the team. Yep. Pat Riley, Andy Ellisberg, and Eric Spolster have constructed a roster that 100% is the sum of its parts. This, this is Jimmy Butler's team. But everything on this team com- complements the way Jimmy Butler plays the game. They're all defensive dogs. They all are D and three guys. They're all capable of scoring and getting to the hoop if they need to, to take some pressure off Jimmy. And Jimmy knows he's going to get a lot of attention. There were, there were times in game two where you saw Jimmy Butler was just standing there. And there were three or four Celtics in the frame. And they're like, we don't want Jimmy Butler to beat us. And Jimmy's like, fine. He will. He will. He will. Mm-hmm. Max Struess, Caleb Martin. Gabe Vincent, Kyle Lowry, Bam Adebayo, don't matter. Every one of these guys is probably they're 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 bona fide role players outside of maybe Bam. Bam Bam is is a solid two. He's a solid two. All right. Everybody else is a bench player on any other team in the NBA that's in the playoffs. I'm going to tell you that, and maybe some that didn't make it. All right. That's who they are. Duncan Robin, like they have the most undrafted players starting of any team i believe ever in the playoffs Probably. all right and they these guys like they have found talent where talent is void they have found players that absolutely buy into that chemistry and that philosophy in that stadium and eric spolstra pat riley and andy ellisberg are going to be able to sit in that in the heat's front office on the bench until they decide to leave because those guys and the chemistry and the, and the philosophy and everything they have going on on that team is going to stick around. That's heat basketball. And that will forever be heat basketball. And honestly, if I if the Celtics lose to them, heat heat win in the win in the finals. Pencil it in right now. I don't give a shit who they face. Heat <laughs> win in the finals. Yeah, that's a uh, that's the that's the team that I'm rooting for the rest of this postseason. It's Miami hard not team. to, I, man. Like I'm a Celtics I, fan. I'm yeah. just like, God, dude. They do it right. They do it right. What can you say? Nick, what do you think about Jimmy Butler being the best player on the planet? You think he is? I mean Earlier in the playoffs, I did my top five for the uh, the playoffs, and I had him ranked number one in the playoffs, and Jokic too. Mm-hmm. So it would be it would be very hard for me to flip flop. And if you wanted to put Jokic at number one, I could I could see why I could see why you would. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I mean, the dude the dude's done back to back triple triple doubles in in the uh, Western Conference Finals. So I could see why you would put him as one, but. For right now, I do. I still have Jimmy Butler as one and Jokic too in the in the playoffs. Yep, I'm the same. Yeah, Jokic. He's he's actually got the. He just got up to the third most playoff triple doubles of all time. He's only behind Magic Johnson and LeBron James right now. So those are two good two good guys to be on a list with. But Jimmy Butler's on a lot of those lists right now too with how he's playing. So uh, yeah, it's an interesting debate. But Jimmy Butler, man, we're we're giving you your flowers, my guy. You're you're the best player on the planet right now. There's no doubt about it, in my opinion. But that's gonna be it for us today on a house call sports. 
Brick House segment. Thank you guys so much for watching. I'm going to give a shout out to all of our sponsors real quick. And the first one I want to give a shout out to is Liquid IV. Go get 25% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use our code at the checkout. That's 25% off anything you order when you use the promo code, the underscore house, underscore call, underscore podcast at liquidiv.com. Watermelon Liquid IV is my go-to. I lift weights. I have two outdoor jobs here on Maui. It's super humid. The sun's always out. My ass is so goddamn white and I get burnt every single time and my electrolytes get drained every single time. And I get three times the electrolytes with liquid IV and the great taste, the greatest hydration multiplier on the planet. So use the promo code and hit the link in the description to go get some. We are also sponsored by sportmemorabilia.com, the one-stop shop to get all your authentic merch, sporting merchandise. If you want to go get a Jimmy Butler jersey like everybody wants to right now, if you want to burn your Tatum jersey like I'm sure Joe, Joe does and go get a different Celtics jersey, Go get it at sportmemorabilia.com. I got a couple of jerseys from there, some hats, a pullover type long sleeve, lots of awesome stuff there. Hit the link in the description to get all your merchandise at sportmemorabilia.com. We are also sponsored by Fubo TV, the world's only sport-focused live TV streaming service with top leagues and teams, plus popular shows, movies, and news for the entire household. There's no hidden fees. Go get a free trial. Browse available plans. I've used Fubo. You get tons of channels. You can watch a ton of sports. You can watch these NBA playoffs. You can watch college basketball, college football, professional football, baseball, whatever you want to watch. So hit the link in the description to go check that out. And if you are a bro who's up real early like I am, it is 7-11 Hawaii time. I was up at 5-15 this morning. I'm tired. All right. And if you are a bro who's up really like early, like I am and need a coffee company, that's not only, not only going to provide you with everything from award-winning roast to your necessary equipment, your espresso machines, your grinders, your filters, your recipes, as well as a coffee to water ratio calculator. Go to Coffee Bros website, whose link is in our description to get everything that you need that is coffee related. So go get Coffee Bros, bro. And don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe. We appreciate all your feedback. Celtics fans, I want you just as angry as Nick and Joe were in the comments. I loved it. Every second of it, it was awesome. Okay. We appreciate all your feedback. Be sure to follow us on all social media platforms at the House Call Sports, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, Spotify, Twitter. We got merch. Go meet the crew. And we got blogs up. Our merch and, and meeting the crew and blogs are all up on our website. That is www.thehousecall.com. And that's going to be it for us. Peace.